Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, a weekly interview show about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. This episode of Craft Sanity is sponsored by Jennifer Porter. Visit her Etsy shop at www.porterness.etsy.com and read her blog at www.porterness.blogspot.com. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 79 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. This week, my guest is Meg Mateo-Alasco, and she is the author of Craft, Inc. I know a lot of you have requested that I talk to her because her book is all about, as the subtitle states, uh, turning your creative hobby into a business. She's not just someone who wrote a book, did some research and wrote a book. She's basically lived it. In addition to Craft, Inc., she's also the author of Space Planner, a decorating and design workbook, and also You Can Wear It Again, a celebration of bridesmaids' dresses. I'll tell you a little bit about Meg before we get started here. She's 33. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. She is a designer, a writer, as you know, since I've told you her book titles. She's also an illustrator. We're going to do a giveaway for a copy of Meg's book, Craft, Inc. So uh, listen after the show, stick around, and I'll tell you what you need to do to enter the contest. Meg, I am so happy to have you on the show this week because I know that when I saw your book, Craft Incorporated, uh, I thought it was just fantastic, the subhead, or subtitle of your book, uh, Turn Your Creative Hobby into a Business. This is really a dream that a lot of people carry around with them, and I'd love to see if you and I can maybe talk uh, and tell them some things they can do to turn that dream into, you know, into a reality so it's not just this right. idea they're walking through life with uh, as they go into, you know, kind of feeling like they leave their soul outside their building when they go into their job and... Do, exactly. and do this drudgery. So um, I think it's a wonderful contribution that you've made. But before we get to the discussion of your book, what I'm, what I would love to do is if you could maybe kind of introduce us a little bit to your world and your kind of your creative uh, upbringing and kind of what brought you to the point you're at right now because you're 33 and very accomplished for, for being so young. I mean, you've oh, already... Oh, thank you. <laughs> you've already, according to the research I've done, you've already like, created, <laughs> created one business, sold that off, onto the second one, have a book out. I mean, you're, I mean, you're doing quite a bit, plus you're a mom, you know. So I'd like to hear a little bit about how did this all get started? Oh, yeah. So it's not a very... This is not a short story at all. That's okay. So... This isn't a short show, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... As far as, like, my background, I studied um, psychology and business in college. Where'd you go? I went to UCLA. Okay. Um, and, you know, I used to, pers- I was, you know, pursuing graphic design on the side. I don't think I ever really thought that there was, I don't know, it didn't occur to me, at least back then, that you could really, like, do something with it. It just seemed like it was, like, it was a hobby. And so I would do that for fun. And and then after that, gosh, you know, I, I worked in a you know a, a corporate job. I worked in marketing, um, and a, a friend of mine was saying, you know, we should do, you know, you should do my wedding invitations because I was just doing graphic design for for kicks for people. Um, and I said, sure, you know. So I started just doing wedding invitations for like a friend, and then it grew to another friend, and pretty soon I was doing a whole bunch of weddings, and I'm probably charging like a ridiculous low price for everything because I think in the beginning when a lot of people start out 
doing things and maybe not even really thinking that this is a business. They're just like, hey, this is fun. I'm just thankful mm-hmm. I get to do this. Right, and they're not and looking to make a bu- I mean, especially they're not, look, yeah, you're, you're, they're not looking to make any money, and, and they just think it's, hey, this is great that I get to do this for, for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point I figured, you know what, I should really try to make this into something a little bit more of a business. Um, and so a friend and I went into it, and I'm like this person I I, to, I tend to like multitask all the time. So at the same time that I'm thinking I should start a business, I figured I should go to graduate school too, because um, <laughs> I'm crazy. Yeah, um, I'm crazy too. So I totally that seems totally logical to me. But there are yeah. a lot of people at home thinking, what was she thinking? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I think what what was going through my mind was that okay, this business is not really a real business. Like I'm not going to be making like. A, a decent wage off of this. So that's why I figured, you know what, I'll go do graduate school and do the business because I, I didn't imagine that this business would, like, take over my life in any way. <laughs> right. You thought it would be this neat, contained kind of side yeah, job. Yeah, because I just, I just couldn't imagine, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm just going to have all these people, like, knocking on my door wanting to me to make wedding material. It just seems so far-fetched. Um, so, so, I, you know, so if I can interrupt you for a ahead. second, like for graduate school, where did you go and what were you studying? Um, okay, at this point I decided, yeah, I was going to try to focus on design, so I went to school for architecture um, to get a master's in it, and I went back to UCLA. Okay. okay. Um, so, okay, so here I am, like, in in graduate school, and I'm just, you know, I think I had, like, a Yahoo website up, and it was really the very first. Like, they didn't really have, like, a, it was, like, the beta version of their shopping um, cart. So that would have Um, been what year when you were doing this? This was, um, I believe, 99 or 2, about 2000 when I started graduate school. And technically, the business started in 99, but then it was still, you know, early, early stages. Right. Um, So, you know, I, I was getting, like, just traffic, random traffic from the website. I was, you know, filling, you know, one or two orders a month, and I was just, like, just happy to be doing that. Um, And then, let's see what happened. Um, And then the summer after my first year in graduate school, um, you know, everybody else was, like, you know, going off to do some, like, a summer job or a summer internship. And I figured, you know what, I could, you know, why don't I work on this business? Um, And it just, you know, I thought, hey, why don't I put, like, an ad in Martha Stewart Weddings, like, you know, so I could earn a few bucks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I put an ad, I think, it, you know, I think in the, it was, like, the fall issue of the weddings. And, like, immediately after that came out, it was, like, I was, like, slammed with more orders than, like, I knew what to do with. Seriously. And it was, it was just, it was this tiny little ad in the back, and how much yeah, did like, you spend on that ad? Do you remember? Excuse me. How much did you spend on the ad? Do you remember? It was like a thousand. It was like a, maybe a little over a thousand. Okay, and so I this was, was like, an investment. Money to me. I was like, yeah. oh my god, I cannot believe I'm throwing down like this money. On, <laughs> because on it's an kind ad. of like, in a way, you probably felt like you were gambling a little bit, like you know. I was, you, I, yeah. you know, because I. I mean, although I did study a little bit of marketing, like, I didn't, like, I've never actually, like, implemented my own, like, marketing plans and things like that. So, uh, you know, I didn't really realize what kind of impact that would have. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, it was pretty early. It, it, the wedding mar- industry now is far different from what it was, like, in 2000. Um, so there was not that many, um, there wasn't that much competition as far as wedding invitations 
um, went. Um, and so I put that ad out, and then so right when school started, I was like, I can't go back to school because now I have these orders. Like I, I, I have to fill these orders. <laughs> Your commitments, then, yeah. Oh my yeah. Goodness. So then I, you know, I ended up having to make that decision, like. You know, I tried for the first quarter to try to do both, but it was just like it was totally impossible to do it. And I think at that point was when I realized, hey, like this is like you can really make money in this business. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> you could actually make like a pretty decent amount. And then I, it, you know, it was like the slow process learning how to price things like appropriately because I think a lot of people in the very beginning they t- just totally underprice themselves, and I think I was. You know, I definitely did that. Um, so and did, then you, did, you get the price, how, did you get the pricing sorted out before the Martha Stewart ad, or was that after when you were trying to figure no, out? No, okay. I got it sorted out after, which is, oh, it, no. you know, but the thing is, it's still, like, I decided, hey, I'm going to put another ad in. And so by the time I did the next ad, I, like, doubled all my prices and, wow. like, did not, it did not, like, change anything. Like, I think people think that, like, if I double my prices, like, I'm going to get, like, less business. I think I actually got more. I think there's sort of this, there's a value in it. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, wow! If it costs that much, then it must be she must be really good." It yeah. must be really good. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> so was like I was surprised too. So it's like this whole like it was kind of like this fun experiment. Like, oh my god, I doubled the prices, and all of a sudden, I doubled the amount of customers I had. So yeah. like, if people wanted to get invitations, like initially, what was your price initially? Do you, I don't even know if you remember. Uh, it was there was there was a range. I. Yeah, it was so long ago. I can't even remember what I said. It was probably ridiculous. It was probably insanely, insanely cheap. And so then um, when you doubled, it was probably more of a reasonable what, what it should have been. Yeah, you know. but even still back then, like early stages, like the wedding market now, I, seriously, like people are just charging all kinds of money for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, people back then I think were still a little bit hesitant about paying certain. Like they weren't familiar as they were are familiar now with like certain printing types like letterpress and foil stamping and things like that. Like they don't, there wasn't a value on those things just yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. As there is now. Why don't you describe a little bit about what, how you were producing, like what kinds of design, I mean, what what were the the invitations like that you were producing? Oh God, those were awful back then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it was like different. I mean, you know, there was a lot of like the vellum overlay. It was a bow. Oh, it was awful. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what people were responding to. Well, that's you know? what they were ordering. That's what they wanted. You that's know? what they wanted. And it was funny because I would introduce new things. Like when I introduced, I was, you know, I would approach, there was a point where I was like, okay, I cannot make everything myself here. Um, and so I would approach other, like I would approach other stationery designers. And there was this one woman um, who had this business called Unique Artistry at where she you know, sews all her invitations. And, oh, wow. Well, and I think at the time she was just doing them, like, wholesale, and she had maybe had done a few for, uh, you know, birth uh, birthdays or maybe had done a few wedding. and I was like, listen, if you turn this into wedding invitations, this is going to be great. So we partnered together on that, and, like, those, I think that people were kind of, like, worried about it at first, like, what, like, sewn? Stuff, you know, so there's always that hesitation for people when it's something new. It's so different now because I think people are so much more design savvy now mm-hmm. that, like, you introduce something and it's kind of like, oh, I've seen that already. Right, right. Yeah, oh, that's been done. Yeah, versus back then, it's like you could introduce something and people are like, wow, like, I've never seen that. 
before. It's so you know. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was it was much less harder to impress people, <laughs> so which was a good thing for my business at that time. Like you, I was I was feeling like we were really introducing things that were new into the marketplace, and I I mean I think you there's still you know people can still do that now but you know at the same time there is like things are more saturated now oh for sure because i mean there probably weren't a whole lot of stationary design companies online yeah i mean there were there's a lot there were but not as much as there is now I mean, now it's, it's like, like yeah there's so many i know you made the decision for was it the second year of grad school like not to go back you did last yeah, after semester. that first quarter i i was like i can't go back so then were you working full-time you know, at your business just for the next Yeah. Oh, and then I also got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I had two kids while I was in grad school and I was, I just made the decision to go back to Uh school and (laughs) first semester. Yeah. First semester I ended up pregnant, but it was a great thing. I I was kind of worried. I was thinking I wasn't going to actually get to have kids. So, but wouldn't you know how that works out? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. When you're, you know, overbooked, you know, but so, so you, um, we're yeah, well, I think what happened was it was like I was overwhelmed with trying to do this, like this business kind of like took off from under me. I was trying to do grad school, and so yeah, like I forgot to take something to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like or yeah, I didn't quite take it as daily as right. it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So, yeah, you know, you know, when you're too busy. Sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So it almost was like, okay, I definitely can't can't go back to graduate school now because now I'm expecting, and I'm also trying to do the yeah. I, I start, you know, so I really do- dove into the business and you know was like, okay, this is real. I'm gonna do everything I can do to make this like you know keep going, keep the momentum right, going right. with it. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like you did have good momentum going because, you know, Martha I Stewart did. It was like from the, responded. From, yeah, from that point, from when that Martha Stewart ad ran, it just kind of kept going. So, yeah, Did you keep really placing happy. ads on? I mean, cause it sounds like you did that twice. Did you keep placing ads? I did. I think I, I, there was a point where I did stop, and then I tried to venture and try ads elsewhere. And I was also getting free press also. As for, like, where uh, magazines were approaching me for, you know, editorial and things like that. I was not a, as good as at doing that, though, because uh, it was funny because we, I could not, I, for some reason, could not figure out what a press kit was for the longest time. It just seemed like it was like, they were, I was like, oh, my God, what do, what do they want? I, I know now what they want. And, like, I think I, there was a lot of us in, that, in the business at the time where we were, like, making it into something bigger than it really was. Right, right. So we didn't, you know, so I think that was definitely something, if had I known back then, I, could, I wouldn't have dropped so much money on advertising for sure. Right, because you can get attention just by... Yeah, and then sometimes that, that attention that you do get through press is, like, sometimes a lot better than, you know, because it it's sort of like an endorsement from them. So, you know, yeah, but I did try different ones. I did, like, in-style weddings and things like that. Yeah, I wanted to see what it would be like. You know, once you place an ad in one place, in ma- magazine anyway, the other ones start calling you anyway. Oh, and they want you to place an ad in their magazine. Yeah, time, yeah, then you're, like, on everyone's radar that you placed an ad somewhere. So, yeah. And they think you so, have tons of money to throw around. Yeah, yeah, they're, ads. like, trying to make deals with you. So I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And I have to say a lot of – there was some times where I'm, like, it was it was starting not to make sense anymore as far as advertising because it's, you know, I think as time went on and as things started becoming more saturated and I think as, as far as I was sort of getting more tired <laughs> – of doing wedding invitations, it was just like, you know, I think that avenue as far as marketing was 
starting to kind of take, you know, it was kind of hitting a plateau there for me. So how long so. were you, how long was it until you got to that point where you're feeling like things are starting to dry up as far as the market goes? And um, I don't think the market was necessarily drying up. I think I was getting, I think, and a lot of people who do weddings get, get burnout really, you know, easily because it's, it's stressful. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of it wasn't necessarily market, you know, market driven. It was more me. Um, yeah. Well, plus being, you had, I mean, you had a child during this part of your life. Yeah, so you yes. Were, and, and were you still doing the business after? And was this a son or daughter that was born? Uh, my, my daughter. Your daughter, okay. Yeah, and, so and, she, then, um, and then I also opened up, okay, a retail <laughs> shop for the wedding invitation business. Wow. Yeah, that was not a good idea. Um, <laughs> Did you do that while you were pregnant or after your no, baby was born? No, uh, God, it was funny. It was like immediately after my daughter was born. Yeah, another smart time to do something new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of smart ideas, like right when things get really busy. Yeah. Um, now, I met this uh, this woman, uh, Lota Jan's daughter, who um, I was trying to collaborate with her. And... Um, she had there happened to be like a retail shop right next to her and I was like sure I'll you know hey that sounds like a fun idea the thing is with the business at the time and I you know I was thinking I kind of had like romantic dreams about retail shops and how people would come off the street and like come into my shop or whatever yeah it wasn't it wasn't very realistic you know as far as I didn't know you know the location wasn't exactly the best as far as foot traffic was concerned it was more of a destination thing um and my, the, my, all my customers were coming in via web. And, and so basically the, the retail shop did not make sense for me. Yeah, so how long did you of, have it? It was kind of, a, it was kind of like a not, like a not, it wasn't a very good decision. How, how long did back. you have the shop? Gosh, I think like a year and a half. A year, I had it for a year and a half. So yeah. were you working out of the, Were you producing your your invitations out of that shop, or were you working? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I wasn't spending as much time as I should have been in it because then I had the the kid, and so yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I shouldn't have. <laughs> so did you have employees, or were you running? Um, no, I didn't. And I actually shared. Like, I, and what ended up happening, I ended up sharing it with um, another company too, so to help you know, alleviate the whole stress of paying rent and things right. like that. Um, but kind of the good thing that happened to that is that, um, you know, when I became friends with Lota, she, uh, like, introduced me to, like, she was just then starting to work with Chronicle Books, who's now Your my, publisher. Yeah. my publisher. So, you know, I, it sort of introduced the whole idea to me about, like, working with, with Chronicle Books. And so... Um, but the funny thing is, the way that the whole idea to write books came about was um, I was watching that made-for-TV movie with, about Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of terrible made-for-TV movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, Sybil. It just wasn't the greatest movie. <laughs> but, okay. Like, yeah, the movie wasn't that like, great, but um, I think what I can't, what, what I got from it was that you could, like, produce books that were, in a sense, it's sort of like a marketing device for your company. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, that's like a, and the thing is, I have, I have not, like, I didn't, I hadn't written professionally or, or anything, 
Like, I maybe wrote, like, in college for a while. Like, I wrote for the school newspaper or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Wrote poetry or something. But, um, like, I'd never professionally written. And so it was, like, I was just taking a chance. Like, I have this great idea for a book, which is re- wedding-related. Um, and, and, you know, Lothar was like, you know, Chronicle takes, you know, open submissions. You should try it. So I did. And they, it was an, actually the the book I proposed was like this, it was like it was awful. It was an awful idea, but um, I think it allowed them to see that I maybe like thought outside of the box or you know. What was your like, idea? God, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you just proposed something. Right? Um, no, yeah, it was like I wrote like a full-on submission with like it was like 15 pages long. 15. Yeah, what was it? I think it was like a DIY, um, like a uh, DIY wedding book. Okay. But it was totally like off the deep end, like uh, ghetto. It had like, I remember like some section about ghetto fab wedding. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, like get in your, it was just, I think it was more, it was not meant to be serious. It was meant to be kind of funny. Yeah. And I, I, apparently there's no market for funny weddings, right? So, or like, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> or I don't I don't know if it was you know it wasn't like I didn't it wasn't meaning for people to actually do these projects or something I think it was just meant for people who kind of maybe didn't take weddings as seriously right to kind and of just have sort of a to get a kick time. out of it yeah. yeah yeah so apparently yeah no one wants to know how to you know get a gold tooth or something so bridesmaids yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so yeah they rightly turned that down thank goodness. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but they like ended up inviting me to come over and like, um, you know, talk to them and introduce, like, and just, I think they just, I'm not sure if they just wanted to meet me and see if I had any other ideas. And so when I did end up meeting with them, you know, they did ask me if I had other ideas and I came, you know, when I went there, I knew like I should introduce some more ideas and stuff. And, and so that's how the first book came about, which was, uh, you can wear it again, which was about the bridesmaids dresses. And so it came. It came out of that meeting. Okay, and so it sounds like you had kind of weddings on the brain a little bit because you yeah, were working because, in the I mean, industry. Yeah, and... that was because at the time, you know, I had a wedding business, and I, it made total sense to have a book about weddings. Um, even though I think I, there was a time, like at this point, like my sorry, my interests were beginning to change, where I was not as interested in weddings, but yet I had the business, and so I figured I should keep going with it. Um, but my, my interests were definitely starting to change where I was really like my interests were becoming, you know, was becoming more about home and mm-hmm. interior design and things like that. No, at this point, had you had your own ghetto fabulous wedding by that time? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was not ghetto fabulous in <laughs> any way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can joke around about that stuff, but I, I'm not going to deliver that you're myself. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. That's so funny. So, so yeah. And so you had, you're moving out of the, the, um, the wedding phase of life, then it sounds like um, yeah, and phase yeah. of business, I guess, would be more. Yeah, accurate. I think I, I mean one of it, you know, a big part of it had to do with, um, you know, I was next door to Lota, who was like doing all these great things. And I was like, oh my god, you're doing what I want to be doing. I don't want to be doing weddings anymore. And so that's when that whole it was starting to change already for me, like what my focus is, and what it, it happens to a lot of people with their business, like they start off on one path. And pretty soon, you know, you start to refine what your what your passion is and mm-hmm. stuff. It takes a lot of people um, a little bit of time to figure it out exactly time. what your yeah. passion is. Cause you're yeah, like... it takes time to refine what your passion is, to find it, and to really just, like, focus in on, on it. 
and it, you know, your tastes change. Everything like evolves and, and changes, you know. So, you know, when that starts to happen, I figure I, you know, tell people like you just go with it, right? Because you're not going to be happy with, you know, if you don't follow that. So your so. first your first book was um, what was it called again? Um, you can wear it. You again. can wear it again. Okay, mm-hmm. and that came out. What year did that come out? I think 2004. It was a book all about wedding, like bridesmaids' dresses, like throughout the years. Like, oh, okay. So like crazy, more of a yeah, like the from the hor- the horrible um, path of fashion that yes, <laughs> yeah, take. it was yeah. fun. That was actually really fun. It was fun to look at the pictures. It was not fun to collect them though, because people were just like, "Please black my eyes out," and you know, there it was kind of difficult to put. Uh, no one wanted to be pictured in. No one wanted dress. to be pictured, and yeah, people wanted to be cut out of it, and yeah, it was getting tricky. So. Um, but no, yeah, I, it was it was actually it was a really good experience. It wasn't as much writing in that, but you know what what I learned. I mean, I kind of went into writing thinking this is going to be like this great way to market things. It to it to for me finding that I, how much I really enjoyed writing, <laughs> and so uh, you know I was like, well, I think I'm going to focus on that too. In addition to trying to you know maybe think more about you know, like interior design and and making you know crafting you know paper and home goods and things like that i'm also i would love to focus on writing so, so you kind of discovered a passion i did yes yeah. and now yeah. did you still have the invitation business at this point or had you sold it already? i did and it, but it was already like in my kind of in my heart it was dying already yeah and so, so. what'd you do then the book came out did you sell your business fairly quickly um, after that or? book came out the following year, um, I had posted on my website that I was closing, um, and just I all, that's all I did. And all of a sudden, I started getting like emails from people who wanted to buy certain like parts of it. Like someone wanted to buy the domain name, and like it was just getting all kinds of like random offers, which I didn't expect. I was just like I was willing to just walk away <clears throat> from that business and just start something new. And what was um, what was it, the name of your first business then? Oh gosh, it was it was called Wedding Tool, but Tool spelled like the fabric. Oh yes, very clever, yes, very yes, clever. So people yes. were, wanted to buy that. So did you end up selling the domain? Um, no, well, what, you know, I was getting all these offers, and I didn't. Um, what do you call? It? I didn't. I didn't really like. I was like trying to figure out. Well, you know, what would be great if someone would just take the entire thing, and. Like soon, like pretty soon, like somebody like emailed me and was like, "Hey, I want to buy the entire business." And I'm like, "Terrific!" Well, that's cool because <laughs> you were planning to walk away anyway. So. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it was like great. Take it off my hands. Um, yeah, because I would get like different. I was getting people who were offering me to, you know, who were offering to buy the business, but they were like, you know, in a whole other city, and they didn't know anything about graphic design. So I didn't really want to give it to someone who didn't. Where this, like, everything would be new. Like, they didn't have a design background. They didn't have, they didn't know how to do the programs. You know what I mean? Right, So it was really, like, I just, I, you know, I kind of felt like I, you know, if I'm going to sell this to you, I, you know, I want to make sure that you can handle it and I don't want it to, like, collapse on you or anything. Right, right. Well, especially when it's something you worked hard to create. You want to leave it in good Yeah, I did work hard to create, but I was, like, so excited to (laughs) give it away. (laughs) So, so your buyer was local then? Um, pretty look. It was like the closest person and she already, it was great because she already had a wedding business. So I was like, that's good. So you know something about business. Right. There was a lot of people who were just like had nothing, no zero background in it at all. And those were kind of scary because I was like, oh, I, you know, that's hard. 
you know, I don't want, you know, because I can imagine them coming back to me and being like, you know, I need help with this and that. And you kind of wanted to just I just wanted to go give on it. with your yeah, life. Yeah, and just like <laughs> give it, dump it on them and like, bye. <laughs> and love like, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you. And then like waving. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Um, so was this so, a pretty lucrative deal to sell a business or what, was it just uh, kind of like, I mean, did you break even or I mean, did you... I mean, was this something that, you know... I wouldn't call it lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, well, I think one problem um, was that I was just, like, so eager to sell it that I really probably should have done a little bit more research. To find out, <laughs> yeah, what you could actually make. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I did have a lawyer involved, but he still was not... Like, he didn't understand that industry and how much things are worth either. So, I mean, I sold it for an amount that I was happy with, though I think... You know, looking back, I definitely could have asked for more. Mm-hmm. You know what? I was willing to walk away with from it. So yeah, and, that's definitely... and not earn a dime. So what? You know, the money that I did get, I was like, this is great. <laughs> so how does that work? Do you sell like all the um, computer programs you were using, or just the name of your business? Not the programs. The... I sold like all the templates and things like that. Okay. Like, all... Like, you know, they would need to actually have purchased the software. Right. So this is not like someone comes in and gets loads up on equipment. It's more or less they're buying your templates. Yeah. And they're buying and then they're buying basically the equity in the business because it had been established for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was already established in press and things like that. So, I, you know, a lot of it was equity. And, yeah, there was a lot of materials, too, because I, you know, I was just like, I had all kinds of inventory and stuff. So, um. So, yeah. f- so from there, what did you do next? <laughs> See, I told you this is a really long no. It's story. I, but I think I think this is great because it shows people that you've you've walked this walk. So when you give yeah. advice about so, business, yeah, we're you're at not 2005 joking. Now. You're, you're not. And it's only 2008, so we only have three more years to go. No problem. No problem. Uh, <laughs> um. All right. Okay. Yeah. So it was. You know. And then of course here I am. Like okay, I'm going to start a new business. I was. I was actually just, you know what, when you have, like, all this free time to start something, I think it was just, like, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was just, like, I had ideas about what I wanted to do. But, yeah, I mean, it took a while. Like, okay, if, if you can imagine, I started that in 2005. And then here's 2008. I think I'm still just getting the business to be where it, I want it to be. Because it took a while for me to figure out, well, what am I going to do with this? Like, or... How do I, you know, it was like a whole new industry that I'm trying to learn here and trying mm-hmm. to learn how to create these products and things like that. And what so, were you trying to do? What was your second business? Like what? Um, yeah, I wanted to continue working with paper. And so I was, you know, I wanted to continue creating stationary design, but for on a wholesale level. Okay. But be, prior to that, I was doing strictly retail. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm learning how to do wholesale now. Um, I also wanted to do textiles um, for the home too. So that's where that avenue started going um and then at the same time i started also like i was i had a second book i was working on which was space planner it was like a workbook for decorating your home Mm -hmm. and that the way that came about too was completely random as well um i think one of the like while i still had the wedding invitation business um and i was in uh I think a bunch, there was, like, a bunch of editors that were actually going to visit Lota, and then one of them came to visit me in the retail space, and, like, she was just looking through my, my notebook, and she saw the idea for Space Planner, and she's like, you know, you should really, you should do something with this, because it seems like it would be a really good idea. Um, and, you know, it's funny, because I, like, 
I don't have a background either in interior design. I mean, I studied <laughs> architecture for a year. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of this thing where it's kind of like, for me, I'm like, you know what? I, I may not have a degree in these types of things, but you know, there's something like, I feel like I, that I do have some knowledge to impart about it. I have some definite thing like both, you know, things that I, you know, implement in my, you know, in my decorating style and, I've done a lot of research, and so, uh, you know, it was, it was, like, a really good opportunity for me to put that on paper, and I was, like, really surprised that they would let me, <laughs> that they'd let me write a book like that, so it was great. Well, and it's not, and it worked, you know, I mean, they... Yeah, 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 so it was, like, yeah, it was, yeah, my mom was just, like, they're gonna let you? <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, thanks, mom, thanks for believing in me. <laughs> Are you sure? It's okay with them? Yeah, they said I could. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so you or you did that book, and now and you had time to do the books while you're you're working. I mean, because when you work for oh, yourself, at this point, it's... yeah, I think I had sold the wedding. Okay, yeah, so you I sold have the... more time now because okay. then I'm just sort of trying to figure out what this new business is going to be, and then I actually had a lot of time. To but work you, on of course, Space you had Center. a try. How old was your daughter at that point? <sighs> Let's see. This is too. Gosh, when did I? It's so hard, like, it's like a big blur. I think she was maybe about two and a half years old okay. at this point. So yeah. terrible twos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have one who's two right now, so my youngest is two. So. Yeah, my okay. youngest is two, yeah, two right now, too. Yeah, so. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Hey, so. we're having kids around the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still hanging on to that sanity, too, you know, so it's not. <laughs> So you got the second book done, and then what did you just? What were you doing at that point then? I don't know. Because <laughs> you, you had your paper. It sounds like you were had your stationary. Yeah, paper. no, I didn't have it. No, you didn't have it yet. Okay. I had, you know, I created some. Um, I think I believe in 2006. I created, some, you know, some products. I didn't really make a push for it, like wholesale or retail or. So you anything. didn't have your retail space anymore, right? No, the, I got. Yeah, that was gone already at okay. that point. Okay, um, so you're just kinda... But yeah, like I, I, I you know, put, launched a new set of products, but still I was still kind of like, you know what, I'm not really sure this is, you know, I'm still trying to craft my, like, really craft a voice, and it really takes time to figure that stuff out, and so, um, you know, and I wasn't, you know, I hadn't done the push to put it into stores, because I think at that time I was still sort of figuring that out, because I really knew the retail aspect pretty well, the wholesale thing was like, really all new to me at this point. Well, and I think one of the questions that comes to mind, since I've mm-hmm. never tried to, you know, launch a product in a wholesale mm-hmm. market, but now when you're, d- you're doing these designs at home, probably similar to how you would create products for your retail business. Right. But when you're saying, when you're saying I launched the product, like, what is it actually does that mean? What did you do with the product? Did you go to a trade show or how I do you? I put it on my website. Oh, you just put it on your <laughs> website and said, okay, people, here's what I have to yeah, sell. Yeah, no, I had put it on my website and then like I remember um, it was, you know, it was posted in Design Sponge and it was great and like I got, it was a good, I think for me, I will, what I really wanted more at that point was feedback and to see what, that what I was doing or what I was creating was something that people were that there was a response to it because at this like I was I was still a little bit a little bit hesitant to really bring it into the market yet because I wasn't because for me I was like you know what what I'm doing I'm not exactly sure it has universal appeal okay which is okay like I don't think people you need to create something that is works for everyone right but you know still for me I was still like I don't know you know I'm new and and 
will people like it? Will people like me? And, and things like that. So, um, you know, I think I just needed sort of that early validation. Well, it probably like helped, that. too, that you had been written up in several publications for your yeah. previous business. So you weren't oh, really yeah. starting. So oh, yeah. And I also had, so I had a son in 2005 at the end of 2005. So 2006, I don't know, it was like a big blur. Like, I was probably, I was like, just, I had my hands full. And I really, I don't think I had as much time to dedicate um, to the business. Um, and I, I think at that point is when I started to think of, I started uh, putting together um, Craft Inc. as well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have time for the business, and what I, re- I think I, what I ended up focusing more on was working on, um, on this book. Because um, I think I, what, you know, I think what started, I started to realize was like, gosh, I have so many questions about how to do these things, and, and you know, I, there is a lot that I know, but now there's a whole lot that I don't know, and I'm like, you know what, you know, this would be great for people who are in my shoes to, you know, this would be great things for them to learn as well. So because you, I used to get together with other designers, and we'd all just kind of be lost together and try to figure things out on our own. And there weren't, there isn't really a book out there that kind of addresses the market and, and the way, you know, the way that it is now. There's a lot of maybe some dated books and things like that, but nothing that specifically addresses this. Well, especially for craft, and I think right. with the, what you've been able to do with your book is really cool in the sense that, a lot of people who make things and are in the handmade DIY mm-hmm. market, we, we don't really like to spend a whole lot of time doing research, business research, but the thing yeah. is, if you want to be successful, you have to do the business end of it as well. Right. And this really um, can save people time because there's a lot of, you know, questions that you answer and great advice right. that you and, give. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it became important to me, like, I do want people, I don't want people, to, like, you do see people kind of come and go and... And, like, I, you know, I don't want to see people. I want people to know, like, to be really prepared before they get into this, um, to, you know, to know what it is they, you know, to kind of the tools they need to make sure that their business does succeed. Right. And so. what, it, what is cool about the book, too, is that you, you take it all the way from, like, kind of helping people. If there are people who think, oh, you know, I'm really creative and I'd like to, or even people who don't think they're particularly creative, to figure uh-huh. out, you know, okay, what is it that I can offer the world? What can I do? Right. And then yeah, definitely. Like, I think... Yeah, for me, I was like this. I would like to show people sort of the full cycle from like early, early like seed of thought to like you know, you know, maybe when your either your business ends or sort of like how to take it to the next level. And everything from pricing <laughs> to um, managing, you right? Know, just um, how to source things and right. And so it was good, you know. For me, like I was also going through this, you know, with my business trying to learn things, and I was like, you know what? Whatever I'm learning right now. And I could probably learn even more when I do the research for this book. So I did actually, it was a really good learning experience for me. Um, you know, I did, was able to talk to a lot of people and learn more, you know, talking to people in trade shows, talking to people in craft fairs, and learning much more about it, you know, so that, you know, in, in a sense, like, I was creating a book, like, for me, like, this is going to be my little, like, encyclopedia of knowledge, and but I wanted also for everybody else to, you know, to learn from it as well. Well, I think it was a super clever way for you to educate yourself. I mean, because you could right. turn that into a marketable <laughs> product at the end. Now, did you right. pitch the book idea before you had done all the research, or were you just researching this knowing that it was going to be something? Um, well, I mean, because I had had a business for, like, six years before that, there was already, I had, like, a pretty strong base of knowledge. Right. I think what... What there was a, what I did. I ended up needing to learn more about was sort of like learning about trade shows because I hadn't done one at that point. Um, 
and learning more about the wholesale market. I think, uh, but beyond that, everything else I had already, you know, there was a lot of knowledge I already had. Mm-hmm. But there, there was definitely like a couple topics here and there that, you know, by doing the research, I ended up like learning more about, like I sort of thought I knew what it was about. And then I ended up, you know, saying, you know, I really didn't know as much as I thought I did. So it sounds like you had, um, you're kind of, I mean, a lot of this is based on just your own experience, but. So there's um, a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> so when you, so when you pitched the book, um, idea, mm-hmm. did you just kind of, um, you know, how, where were you in your personal process of researching, like, the wholesale market and trade shows um, and all that? Let's see. I was pretty much in the very, uh, probably about six or seven months into doing it, the biz, uh, the wholesale thing myself. So, you know, six, seven months is pretty early still. Yeah. So now, did they, it was, did they it go for the idea right away? Uh, excuse me? Did, did the, um, your editor go for the idea right away? Um, not necessarily. I think there was a li- I, I think I sensed a little bit of hesitation because they weren't exactly sure how needed this book was. I you see. Know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think they know it now, but I think it's back, you know, when it was 2006, they were like, you know, yeah, there are a lot of people getting into this. But, you know, you know how, how necessary is a book like this? So, um, yeah, and I think that's just, you know, how they go into every book anyway. They want to know, you know, a sort of the marketing angle for it. Right, because like it is kind of a gamble. How many people, yeah, what's the, what is, that, you know, the, the need for this book? So um, I'm not necessarily sure, I don't know if they were, like, hesitant about it or that's just how they are with every book. Like, mm-hmm. there is that sort of hesitation Time, well, because so. they're probably wondering, like, how crafters would respond, like people, artists and crafters, because a lot right. of times what we gravitate to is a book with lots of luscious right. photos yeah. of beautiful yarn and fabric and all kinds of yeah. stuff. And your 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 um, book doesn't have pictures; it has cool, crafty illustrations. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, it, but it, but at the same time, I think it's really wonderful in the sense that it just answers a lot of questions that uh, a lot of us don't like to waste time trying to figure out ourselves. Right. You know when. Um, it's really, we shouldn't view it as wasting time because it's right. so vital. And, and I definitely success. wanted to make it into like a really readable business book. I didn't want it to be like this really dry. No, and it doesn't read that way. Book. I mean, you can, you can get through it quickly. You also can look up to in the front and say, okay, I have a particular question about sourcing or pricing or whatever. Right. And then I like that you kind of break it up with, um, you did some interviews with some, <laughs> uh, you know, designers and crafty types who have business, are in business, and can speak to some of the challenges and right. um, things they I went through. I definitely learned a lot from that, like talking with different, you know, I, I, I actually always made it a practice of, like, talking to designers, mm-hmm. um, you know, all throughout my business. But, you know, every time you talk to a different one, you always seem to learn something new. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and these are, I mean, I definitely talked to people that were far more established, and so... It, yeah, it was really, in, it's interesting to see how, uh, you know, they are, you know, sometimes that they're still, con- you know, continuing to struggle with certain aspects of their business as well, even though, you know, you're thinking in your head, wow, they're so established, they must have everything figured out. <laughs> right, and, right. Yeah. Well, and I think that also gives people hope, too, that are maybe struggling themselves starting out, mm-hmm. you know, and they pick up this book and think, okay, well, I'm familiar with the people that she's talking to, because you talked to Lada um, mm-hmm. for the book, you also talked to... Um, I saw Catherine Shaughnessy in here, who I've mm-hmm. interviewed, and mm-hmm. I actually took a class from her in college. That's how oh, I met cool. her. Oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, she was. Um, it's a small world. Yeah, yeah, she was doing a residency at um, 
she was an artist in residence at Central Michigan University when oh, okay. I was a uh, senior in college and um, yeah, it was before Woolen Hoop, but it was oh, really, okay. when I heard about her after I started the podcast and I realized, I'm like, I want, that's Catherine. Oh my gosh. She's doing this <laughs> thing. Yeah. So it was really fun to connect with her, but, uh-huh. um, but yeah, I think these, these, um, interviews are really cool. Um, now did you do those by email or did you call people up and interview them? Mm-hmm. How did you? It was a, it was a mix. Um, you know, I think the ones that were local, I, I, I think I met with almost everyone that was local. Think so, but there was a lot, definitely a lot that was done over the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's always you know. But I do try to make it a point, like if I can see people in person. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is nice to try to establish, a, you know, a rapport with people that way. Right, and it's nice to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Isn't it nice to get out of the house? You know, reason um, to get out. Yeah. So um, no, it was really. I really. I, I think that was probably one of the the parts I really enjoyed doing was. It was it was great to like compile a list of people I wanted to interview, mm-hmm. um, and like I'm like wow I'm actually gonna get to talk to these people so yeah it was, it was great. And so how did you make your selections? Um, it was done like uh, like we wanted to get like a good you know by region by um, like just kind of good cross section you know region the type of craft that they were into gender was in there too you know just tr- really try to make it representative so that, yeah it, you know it kind of will apply to a broad range of people like if you, you don't you know that if you open this there's like an interview there that may that will hopefully like um relate to what you're working mm-hmm. with yeah, or you, you know, there's some kind of connection that you can find there. So, well, for the folks at home, the people who have not seen your book yet, they haven't had a chance to pick up a copy of Craft Inc. Um, Go out there and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? Run I mean, to the bookstore right now. Yeah. <laughs> Drop everything right now. Um, <laughs> What, Turn what off you, this, yeah, pause this podcast and go, and then, like, come back. Drive yeah. directly right now, yeah. <laughs> um, for, for the people at home that are, you know, I, I know a lot of people have heard about your book. In fact, my me interviewing you is long overdue. You've been on my list for a really long time. Yeah, I think and, you asked me a long time ago. Well, I think we and then we've kind of been going back and forth, and then finally. Yeah. I mean, we, we're mothers with children, so it's sometimes yeah. hard to find a common day. And I still have a day job, too, so I, I uh, you know, I, it's it's crazy. But um, I'm yeah, so glad I'm it worked sure. out. Um, but I'm curious about if you just have some basic advice, and I'm not looking for you to, I mean, because obviously you have wrapped up very nicely, very packaged, very nice, in 160 pages. Um, right. It was actually a, longer. A roadmap. It, it, things got cut out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what I, I'm curious, I, 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 really, I really love is if you could maybe give some basic, very general advice to people. Like if someone's sitting at home now, I know a lot of the people who listen to the show okay. are very artistic and crafty, and they mm-hmm. have these dreams, and I... And I, I don't like dream squashers. I always try to do what I can to be be realistic with people, <laughs> but also yeah, yeah, you don't want to be a hater, you know. But I want people to you know have something, some real something that good they can use as they're trying to again and get their bearings straight. And I know you've gone through this process a couple different times with trying to you know go from idea phase to actual executing right. a business plan. Um, what is the first thing a person really should do if they want to turn the dream of a business into a reality? Um, at first, I always tell people, like, you should, because I think sometimes when, when people want to be creative, like, it's just like the options are limitless kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm, right. Where I, you know, I tell people you need a zero and you need to have one, like, try to have a specialty. Try not to be, like, all over the place. Because I think when people start to, div- you know, they want to kind of put you 
in, in a bucket or something, and they want to be able to. You want to be, be, you know, to for them to be able to describe you in one, one way. And I think for you too, just like if you can specialize in something, so really just have like a craft specialty. You can certainly go and do all kinds of other things, but definitely have like I think it's it's always I think and it applies to a lot of other things. Like if the the more you have like a focus in something, you know, I think it makes it easier for you. As far as if you're when you're having to develop products and to develop mm-hmm. your brand and things like that, that you have this focus. Um, so definitely, that's the first thing. Like you know, and it's like I think a lot of people do. Like they want to try a bunch of different things, and I think that's fine. But definitely, you know, weed out the things that you don't want to do and really focus on that one thing that you do want to do. And it has to be. I was, you know, I think a lot of people you get this in like business books and stuff where you should do something that you love, 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 love to do. Because once you start, like, getting orders in and you have to make, like, a gazillion of something, like, if you don't love doing it, if you don't love making one, you're not going to love making, like, a hundred. Right. <laughs> right. You're going to hate it, like, in a month. So um, really, you know, love love what you're doing or, you know, make sure it's going to be something that you love to do. Um, I think the other thing I always tell people is, like, um, what is it, like to, to not keep your business plans a secret. And I think a lot of people, I think for some reason, like people, when they have like this business idea, they just like don't want to share it with anyone. They want to like, you know, kind of like covet it and, and, and not do anything and like right. just let it like, like keep it all to themselves. Um, and I think, you know, that once you start like to put your ideas out there, you, and like once you start to present it to the right people, it actually works to your advantage to share that idea because um, you know, first you can get, like, your idea will be validated. Um, or if it's not a good idea, you know, it can be improved by talking to the right people. Right. So, um, but definitely put it out there. It's funny because when I, I, you know, when I do, some, I've done, like, a few book events and people will come up to me and they will, you know, we have to, like, go talk in a corner. And, oh, because they, they don't have, want anyone else to hear their idea? Yes. <laughs> do you have to sign, like, a, you know, confidentially yeah, agreement yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I have to sign, like, a non-disclosure agreement <laughs> or something. Yeah, so, like, they're like, come with me. I have to share something with you. And, like, we have to, like, walk away into a corner. And then, and then like, they, you know, they want to share their ideas with me. And, like, I, I feel like they, sh- you know, yeah, you, maybe you don't want people out there to overhear. But, like, at the same time, like, you know, they, you know, at the same time, they're telling me like I have this idea, like I have, no one knows about it, and you know, they just wanted to share it. And like I think, and I, even when they present the idea to me, there's like always this look on their face, like I'm gonna like run, like take it, and I'm just gonna run with it or something. Oh, like like it might have been a grave error for them to tell you. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, look, I'm not gonna take your idea. Well, you know, certainly, like there are people will will definitely may do things like that. Oh yeah, but, yeah. But like really, like if you. Yeah, I mean, for I think that's that's kind of a smart move for them to talk to me about it because then yeah, I will definitely give you feedback and yeah, but I'm not trying to open up the door here for people to start like emailing me with their ideas or anything. <laughs> um, well, well, I, I guess um, it's well, I guess what you're saying though is that it's really important for people to like get a sounding board, like try it's, tell somebody about it. Yeah, really try to because you know what the initial idea is is actually not really where it's going to end up being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the initial idea. Once you start putting it out there, that idea will just, like, it gets stronger, uh, you know, as you present it to more people and they start giving you more consistent feedback on it or, you know, just, like, some good, you know, advice on it. And so it just it really works to your advantage to do that. Well, and it saves <laughs> you a lot of time, too, because if it's not, if it's a so-so idea... 
And yeah, you're, you're walking around thinking it's... like a very, very beginning of an idea. It's not like a fully developed... Like, yeah, right. you really want to get to get to that point where it's a really fully developed idea. But at the same time, while... I mean, people, I guess, as you, you do acknowledge this, that people do have reason to be guarded. Because there are, there are, you know, there's the dream squashers of the world and there's the idea right, stealers right. of the world. Yeah, and you can't really... That's, and you can't control those folks. That's actually... There's, yeah. I, I know a lot of people are, get really, yeah... Um, they get really mad about it. And, of course, they should be really mad, but there's just really not a whole lot you can do. Yeah, like, well, you would hope that, that people have some trusted people in their life, like, you know, that right. they can talk right. about their ideas and they'll give them honest right. feedback. Like, for me, the, I, I, all my, my husband, whether he wants to hear my ideas or not, he hears my <laughs> ideas repeatedly uh-huh. and at length, and I'll be like, uh-huh. oh, and I think I could do this and that. And he's really great about giving me very candid – I might think it's the greatest idea ever, and I'll be uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, I have this idea – I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's very interesting. <laughs> you know? And I mean, and he's not cl- uh, really always. And I always say, well, you're not my market. You're not my intended market. You know, and, right, right, and right. now he's, he's like, well, now I'll say, well, I'm not your intended market, but um, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know? And but you actually can learn something, even you can, when it's not it's from your intended so, market. Yeah, it's been so valuable, I have to yeah. say, because at first I it was kind of annoying, but I'm like, no, because I really think at one point, you, I mean, you start defending your idea. And then when you start defending your idea, like, you start to. You're vocalizing what you know, what's important to you about that about your idea, and if you and can't then it defend it, like a stronger idea. And if you can't defend it, then perhaps yeah, you do then need maybe to it's abandon no good. the idea, <laughs> right? But that whole process has been extremely valuable to me. Yeah. If I just sat on the ideas and never talked mm-hmm. about them, I, I I wouldn't have that whole process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and I think it's, it's it is important to have like you know maybe friends who are also in the industry that you can trust. Mm-hmm. to bounce ideas off of and I think I mean I'm I'm at, I'm at this point where I do have like I have like a core group of friends where you know I can introduce ideas to them and they will you know it feels great for them to give you know give me feedback mm-hmm. on things so you don't have um, to worry about like Lada going off and taking your idea yeah. making your own stationery <laughs> that looks just like yours you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's great. I mean, I think, you know, once you, if you can sort of get a gr- good group around you, like a good team of friends and things like that, it really, it, it's great. I think, you know, people should work on doing that. Realistically, how long should a person give themselves to get established in a business? Because I think a lot of times Two to people, three years. Two to three, okay. So they have to have a plan because um, it's, I mean, would you say it's not advisable to just go in, qu- quit your day job cold turkey and launch no. right into a business? Yeah, no. That sounds like the fast track <laughs> no, to financial I mean, ruin. When I say two to three years, I think that that also includes sort of that inception period of like the pro, like idea building. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you don't like start off right away from day one, like you know, let's you know, you don't have all the everything in front of you. Right. So yeah, definitely. Like and de- definitely by three years, if you if it's not quite there, I mean, you know, the IRS is going to tell you that. Um, too, like, you know, you're, if you're not turning a profit, yeah, you know, you know, it won't just be like, it's not, you know, not always your decision to make. Sometimes they'll like, you know, really talk to you about it. But, um, yeah, I I think really that, like, that's the amount of time that you should allot for yourself. So I think some people like are really anxious, like they, when they start, they just want to be out there right away and, you know, but I think you really need to give yourself some time to to really, you know, to put yourself out there. Well, it also gives you a chance, too, to transition, too, where if you're working right. full-time, maybe then you can scale mm-hmm. back to part-time. Yeah, and, and, then... and it's 
And it happens faster for some people than others. I mean, there are some people, like, they launch their business, and, like, they're, like, hot stuff, like, you know, in their first year. Mm-hmm. And, and that's great. And then sometimes it doesn't happen. Right? Sometimes it takes, like, two years. I mean, sometimes it, pe- it happens to someone in their second year of business. So don't be too down on yourself if it, it doesn't happen right away. You well, know, and I'm also interviewed, like, artists and people who have been mm-hmm. out there for years making – you know, doing work, and then it wasn't noticed until, like, 10 years in, where suddenly right, they're, like, right. big time, and it's, you know, so it's it's hard to predict, but as you said, yeah, yeah. the IRS doesn't usually let people have a, a losing balance, you know. <laughs> yeah, on, they don't. Um, <laughs> for years and years, and <laughs> we want these people to have food on the table. Right. And I think, you know, you can definitely have a hobby for that long. Yeah, you can. But yeah. I'm saying, like, a business, though. Yeah, you can't yeah. afford no, to, like, I think lose that, I think they, it's, I think it's three years or something. Yeah. Before, yeah, you can't just keep making a loss and that's kind of for your own protection you know (laughs) right yeah you know you're not living off credit card debt (laughs) you're right right of time um well what has been your biggest inspiration as you go through this process yourself because you've you've kind of transitioned um a couple times now into into new phases of of business like inspiration am i i'm i don't know i that's kind of i i'm i i feel like you know the way that the way that I operate, it's kind of, there's a lot that happens kind of on happenstance. Mm-hmm. And so I meet people here and there. And when I, whenever I meet someone, it always, the, you know, I, like and a new idea is introduced into my mind. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't, I can't single out there being like a one single inspiration. I feel like the, it's just the whole process of putting yourself out there and talking to people and connecting with people. And at every point, at, at, you know, every point that you do that, you're you're learning something and you're become inspired by those people that you meet so you know for me it's just like you know i'm i'm just following this i'm just like going with this and i you know i hope to meet more people and to be inspired by them and you know and see how that what effect that has on me Mm-hmm. Well, I think a real key to success in the creative field like this is really just to be open, as you said, when you meet people, can right. make the connections, because if you're, you know, holed up in your home studio, not discussing any of your ideas with anyone, right. you're not going to have your world expand in the way that it could if you, right. you know, whether it's you go to the local farmer's market and you have a booth next to somebody else who's selling their handmade stuff and right. you connect. I mean, it's as basic as that, you know. So, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And it sounds like you have, you're definitely a fine example of someone who is, you know, made some great connections and just really found a way to, to get everything to line up, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, but it sounds like you didn't really do it in the deliberate, like you have a roadmap. And I think a lot of no, people think, no, oh, not what's the secret, you know, <laughs> and it's just kind of, as you said, I mean, things kind of fall into place and you just kind of kept plugging along. And, right. and it seems what I think is really cool about your story too, is you're, you, if, at least from my perspective, and I don't know you all that well. I've just talked to you for about an hour, and that's it. You know, so I can't claim to have. Oh yeah, I've known you for years. We're tight. We're tight. Yeah. <laughs> as tight as you can get after a craft sanity experience here. But what is what's striking to me about what you're saying is that you appear to be kind of fearless when it comes to, and this could just be me, just you know, totally buying this. Maybe this is the vibe you're trying to put out there. But it seems like you don't do a lot yeah, of. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, well, in the sense of that you're not like being like oh my goodness what's going to happen next where you seem to be real excited about opportunities that come up and you pursue them and kind of things see where it goes kind of thing right i mean you didn't make invitations and that's another thing too that i think a lot of times people 
they hesitate a little bit at the beginning of launching a uh-huh. creative business because they're like, okay, do I really see myself doing this for the next 30 yeah, years? Right. And it's like, I think what you're, it's really I cool. don't really have a lot of hesitation. Yeah, well, and, and also it sounds like, too, you had the, um, the wherewithal to know, like, you know what, this doesn't work for me anymore. I mean, it's a successful business, but it's yeah. not what I want to do. And I think people sometimes think that they, they make a commitment to themselves and maybe the people around them and say, I'm going to do screen printing, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm going to crochet hats. And that's what I'm going to do. And um, I think it's really cool, too. A part of the business process is um, to allow yourself to evolve and to change right. and to make decisions and to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, um, and it's okay if people yeah, decide. Yeah, you can't do that every, like, month, though. No, you, can, you definitely can't. You definitely can't. But I think, you know, um, and that's cool that, too, at your, bo- your book does talk about mm-hmm. um, kind of the end of business or, you know, kind of yeah. the, you know, when you, you have a section called Calling It Quits, and I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Um, right. but, but it makes, but it <laughs> Let makes, me read that, yeah. But, no, I mean, it makes sense because, uh-huh. you know, um, I think anybody does anything in the creative realm. I mean, I've been doing this show for a couple of years, and I, I, you know, I often ask myself, okay, so what is, what, what am I going to do? How do I take this to the next level? Or right. Do I want to take it to the next mm-hmm. level? Do I just call it quits? You know, yeah. what do you, what no, do? You I, do I, you know? It's funny, like a lot of, like other, like a lot of people who are, have their own business, they, they always toy with that idea of just like leaving it all. Yeah, well, I think so. you always have to ha- feel like you have some kind of out. Otherwise, if you're if right. you're feeling like you know you're chained to your chair and you're going to be making doilies for the next fifty right, years, right. you know, I mean, it it goes from being this thing that you're in control of and this right. thing that you enjoy yeah. to um, no, the but sentence, it is, it's you know? totally important though, to like allow yourself to evolve and to recognize it when it's starting to happen. And how would you? How would you? What do people need to be in tune to to know when that's happening? I think, no, I think people know, like, when you're, all of a sudden, like, if you're creating, like, one, if you're designing things in one way, and all of a sudden, you're jump, it's like, you're going in a totally different direction, to recognize that, and to, to really allow yourself to do it, I mean, it's almost like you're starting your, I think a lot of people hesitate, because it's like, I created, you know, I've been working on creating this, like, a certain product that looks a certain way, and people are used to seeing that, mm-hmm. if I change that, they might not they're not going to be receptive to me anymore, you know? And so it really, I think you have to, if you start to recognize that, to start slowly working towards that to, so that it isn't, you know, that you, it's really about transitioning it over or to, allow, you know, find a way to incorporate it and stuff. Because I don't think you would be happy if you are recognizing something in yourself and you don't jump on that, mm-hmm. you know, and you well, just that's... keep churning out what you've been doing for a while. You know, it's just not going to make you as happy as you possibly could be. Well, and that's kind of the whole reason people get into a creative business in the first place, is so they can be free to be creative. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of remind yourself of that. Right. It's hilarious how I am now. Have you noticed something happened during our conversation? I am now jumping what? in as if I am an expert, which I am not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just, the voice in my head is like, Jennifer, stop. Hey, you know, what you are you talking like about? You sound like an expert. As long as you can present yourself as, a, as an expert. He re- yeah. I, I that, believe it. Yeah. Is that part of the success? Well, you would think that I was, you know, sitting in a, a multi-million dollar empire here the way I'm like, you got to do this. But you know what's really funny? And I think a lot of people have this. I know this is one of my personal issues is that I can see like I can talk to somebody about their business idea and and say oh you know you could do this you could market it this way you could do Mm -hmm. that but then when it comes to my own stuff 
I'm, I mean, I kind of come everything as a way. journalist, and I'm kind of like, I'm really, really hesitant yeah. to like promote. I like, I don't even know how to promote myself. Yeah. Um, I just try not to fall down or do any spill a drink on somebody, you know. Right. But, um, <laughs> but I can go and I can if I like something or I, mm-hmm. I'm impressed with somebody's work, I. I can promote the hell out of it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, when it's when it's my stuff, I'm just kind of like. I think everyone is that way. Like, yeah. I, I, it's funny because like I can write like press releases and I can write, um, you know, bios on other people's companies, and then I have to do it for myself. And I'm just like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's just kind of a weird thing because you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I definitely know what a press kit is because I receive them all the yeah. time at work. You know, I've yeah. been in the business for 10 years, and um, but it's really hilarious because when I have to, like, because I'm at that point with Craft Sanity where I'm like, okay, maybe I should, you know, try to do uh-huh. a little more to promote this. But then I'm like, man, it, that kind of work doesn't appeal to me at all. So, like, but, yeah, it, but at the same time, I, you, you I have to do it. people like that with their own work. Like, it's it's not as exciting because I think you're 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 surrounded by it all the time that it's, it's almost fun to work on somebody else's work. Sometimes. Well, I just yeah. think for me it's more natural, and I also mm-hmm. watch editors and other reporters like recycle mm-hmm. the press kits they get like almost mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm just like, do I really want to spend time making one of those that I can, you know, is going to get right. recycled? You know, um, but one of the benefits now is with the the web as it is. If people start a blog and you know talk about their work online, um, mm-hmm. you you get you pick up a following that way. So it's kind of replaced the need to um, not completely but it has helped um, people get attention without having to have a PR firm working for them right know? right so. it's really great yeah you can really do a lot on a shoestring budget now. and how, how big of a role did that play like your blog and what you do now I mean how big I mean <laughs> funny you should say I haven't like posted in a really long time um. <laughs> I, I did look at it briefly I know it's not there every day but uh, you yeah I posted like yeah. a week and a half ago yeah, yeah no, um, no it's like I have it, and I I wish I could dedicate more time to it. It's just yeah, I you know I'm not gonna get rid of it, but it's like it goes through phases where I do have a lot more time, and I will dedicate more time to it. And you know when things are busy, then I just don't. But it's you know it's great though. I do you know I get that validation from people whenever they post comments, and um, I think it's great. It's a, it's it's been an interesting way to connect with people, and I've actually through the blog I like have met like some really great friends. That's great. So, and I think a lot of people say that whenever they have a blog, they're like, I have like all these friends now that you know. Yeah, it's really friends. kind yeah. of insane how that happens because yeah. you can. And it's and it's funny because you do really get to know what people are like, what the what things they like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because of their blog, and in in some ways, like like and more so than like friends that I've known for a long time, you know? Right. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really, and it's funny because now my friends are all on my blog and they're like, I didn't know you liked these things. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, who are you? We never yeah. knew. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I was hoping that you could kind of, um, you know, tell us a little bit about present day because we've kind of done this walk forward through time here. Um, and after oh. after Craft, you know, your um, Craft Inc. book came out, um, you know, what what are you working on right now? What do you have going? Um... I am putting out, like, I went to my first trade show last year. Um, and Which that one was, was that? Some, excuse me? Which one was that? Oh, the, the National Stationery Show. Okay. 
Um, and this year I am returning again, but this time I actually started at like a marketing um, agency where I'm working with five other designers. And it's funny because I like can do all this marketing for other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. And I'm like on my own. I'm like I really should be working on my stuff. But um, but yeah, we're returning uh, this year uh, in the, actually in a couple weeks um, to the National Stationery Show. Um, and it's going to be under like an offshoot of my company and a division of my company, and it's called Mix Company. And so that has been—I've been working on that, um, preparing for that show, you know, for the past six or seven months. Um, I also have the other division of my company, which is Modern Economy, um, which I started. When did I start that? 2000, 2006, I think. 2000, yeah. Um, and that's. Um, I've been working with a lot of um, independent designers and independent businesses and independent crafters on, um, you know, helping them offload their, you know, invent, um, excuse me, let me start over here, <clears throat> their overstock and their samples. And so that's actually been a really fun thing for me to do. I, um, I, I do like a sale twice a year with that. Oh, so that's cool. Are, yeah, it's actually, it was fun. It started off as this thing where I was like, hey, you know, I have, uh, you know, I have all this uh, overstock of things, and I, you know, or actually not overstock, but samples. I'm like, I don't really know what to do with all of them. There isn't exactly like an outlet for, for you know, independent folks. Right, and right. And so, you know, I contacted some other people, and they were like, yeah, I would really love to get rid of my stuff. Because, you know, that's kind of what ties, your money gets tied up in this stuff. Right, because it's a sample, so you can't really, you're not going to bring yeah, it to a show Yeah, you know, they don't want to, you know, and um, and so and it kind of stops you from g- helping grow your business. So it, it started off as a small thing where uh, a couple of years ago, and now it's kind of, it's just actually kind of grown. Now, is that completely web-based where you sell the stuff through the web? No, not at all. It's actually, we I hold a sale, like, in, in a physical location, like I did when... I was doing like one in San Francisco and then one in Los Angeles, and then I I just did one um, about two and a half weeks ago here in San Francisco, and then we're gonna venture out of California for the first time, and we're gonna be in Portland in July. Oh wow! Yeah. So. Well, that's exciting news for the folks in Portland. When in July? Do you have a date set? Uh, <laughs> July nineteenth. And where will that be in Portland? Oh, at the Ace Hotel. Okay. And I'm acting as if I've been to Portland. I have no idea where that is. But those in Portland, <laughs> go to the Ace Hotel, get yourself some groovy samples. Now, um, yeah. how does this work? Are these, like, discounted then if a person uh, really loves a designer and, like, oh, wow, I'd love to get something. Well, this is a sample, so it would be cheaper. Is that how that works? Or Yeah, well, they've all – all the prices have been established by, you know, the, the different companies. Okay, so, so they send it's you. all, like, you know, marked down from, like – 25 to 70 percent off a retail so it's a really good deal i mean you know because independent like work is really independent design and independent craft is really expensive sometimes yeah yeah Yeah. it's funny because it's funny that some people can't even afford their own stuff you know yeah yeah that is something you know that's why you're like yeah i can make these things but if i were to buy them myself i couldn't afford it yeah so Yeah, this sale has been really great. I mean, as far as helping people who, you know, the prices may not be, you know, what they can afford and and allows them to get these great items into their home. Now, what types of things are you selling? Um, Oh, it's all over. It's like, you know, anywhere from like, you know, collages 
to, um, you know, kitchen goods like aprons and, you know. Um, Man, I'm almost booking a flight to Portland right now um, because I love aprons. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there's like there's fashion and then there's, a, you know, a lot, the, the bulk of it is things for your home. It's like okay. table ceramics. Um, and things like, like pillows, lots of textiles. And, you know, we also have, there's lately been a lot of baby stuff too. So are you driving with all this stuff and a bunch of trucks or how does this um, happen? No, this one, I think we're freighting a bunch of stuff over. Okay. So. so people send it to you and then you ship mm-hmm. it where it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. In all your spare time. In all the spare time I have. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's really fascinating to see how you are able to, cause a lot of people have ideas, but they, they don't get off the ground. You know, and you're always like out there saying, "Okay, I'm going to do this." And right. What do I need Actually, to do? Actually, yeah, today? I think I'm, I'm not. Sure. At least it works for me. Where if I have the idea, like I have to like act on it quickly, mm-hmm. and and start, um, you know, and not to like I don't allow myself too much hesitation on it, and I don't. Yeah, I just start, and like sometimes I just like if I don't know anything about it, like I get cracking on research right away to figure out so a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's it's great. It sounds like you. It sounds like you're leading a pretty interesting life too, in the fact that you have so many different things going on. I'm, yeah, I'm that, a, I present myself that way. I, I, I honestly don't feel like it's all that great. Interesting. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Um, no, what I mean is that it's. I think it's cool when you know yeah. you have all these ideas and you're actually acting on them. I think that's yeah, really fabulous, yeah. You know? I think. I mean, I think. I think when you <clears throat> are in a creative field, I think. You will have all these ideas, and I don't, I, I, you know, try not to hesitate too hard on things. So. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, I run into people, and it's more in the structure of the workplace where I'll run into people where I have, like, a million ideas a day where I'm like, oh, I could do this, and I could do that. And and mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes when you, you – sometimes if people respond and they're kind of like, oh – well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that would work at all, you know. I just mm-hmm. kind of take that under advisement, like, okay, thanks for the feedback, and I continue right along. Because right. I think that a lot of times there are people with great ideas, and they run into that one person that's going to be like, well, I don't know, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they don't do it, you know. I yeah. mean, if you really feel well, yeah, actually, in your gut you know, that you need to do something, you should uh-huh. definitely try to pursue it. Oh, yeah, yeah no, definitely when I, with every idea I've had – there's usually someone that tells me that, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and then I'm like, right, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> right. I, I just kind of like, well, thanks for, thanks for the input. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you very much. And then, yeah, I do I mean, it anyway. definitely I've had some ideas that are awful, but, um, you know, but the, the, good thing ones, is, the good ones survive. Yeah, and I think the, the, the process so naturally, um, you, you're, you figure it out pretty soon. Like if something's not going to work out, it's usually right. becomes obvious fairly quickly. Right. You know, um, without the spending of a lot of money usually. Mm-hmm. And right. Fortunately, that's uh, yeah. If you, you can know. figure that out pretty early on, that that's the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that um, this has been really inspiring. And okay. Thanks a lot. Thank okay. You. Bye. All right. Take care. A special thanks to Meg for that great interview, for sharing so much of her life with us, and for giving us kind of the inside scoop on how she went about creating the successful businesses that she's got going right now. I, I'm going to post some links on the blog to all of Meg's creative ventures. So I encourage you all to take a look. She's a great example of someone who is able to um, really put her ideas, kind of execute these plans. We, always, we all have great ideas, and sometimes the hard part is just kind of getting traction and getting going. And Meg is really good at that. So take a look at her website, study up, and uh, 
you'll probably find that you can apply a lot of the same things to what you're doing. So, and check out her book. It's a great resource. And um, enter the contest. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give away a copy of Craft Inc. I'm very excited about this. Thanks to the folks at Chronicle for donating a copy for the giveaway. What you need to do to get in the drawing, uh, go to craftsanity.com and click on the post that it goes with this episode, with episode 79 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. Just post a comment. Maybe offer up your best business advice. And if you're not someone who has a business yet, you're looking to start one, maybe ask a question. And my hope is that we can, everybody in their hope to win this book, um, will also will get a kind of a little community dialogue going. We'll set a deadline. The deadline for this is going to be Friday, June 20th. I'd like to take a moment to thank Jennifer Porter for sponsoring this week's show. Once again, I want to remind you to check out her Etsy shop at porterness.etsy.com and read her blog at porterness.blogspot.com. It's been really fun because I have, you know, the sponsorship thing started out pretty slow, but, um, you know, the show is sponsored, the next show is sponsored, and the show after that could be sponsored by you if you're interested. You can find out more information about sponsoring a show at craftsanity.com. Just click on the sponsor link and you'll get some information. I am going to do a little after show, so if you want, those of you who want to stick around, uh, if you've been missing my after shows, um, <laughs> I want to hear all about my um, me detoxing from caffeine, uh, stick around after the music plays. If you've had your fill, I understand, and I won't know if you turn this off, so I will not get offended. Have a great day, and don't forget to craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity. Okay, so this is day four of detox for me. Um, I call it getting off the sauce. And what I'm, for me, the sauce is not to make light of very serious addictions. That's definitely not my intention. Um, I am addicted to caffeine, um, namely Coke and Pepsi. I don't really care which one I drink. Um, I go through phases where I have to have Coke or I have to have Pepsi. But I do not like Diet Pop, unfortunately. So, um, you know, I, when I started my fitness workout routine, I was doing really good. You know, I weaned myself completely off caffeine and then I would, you know, maybe drink a can every now and then, you know, special occasions. And I wouldn't even be able to finish it. Cause I was like, man, this is so sweet. You know, I don't, I don't need this. Well, then I switched to an early morning shift where I have to be at my desk in my chair. I'm supposed to be, you know, working and writing, but by, by seven o'clock in the morning, and, you know, I'm totally cool with getting up early. You know, you get into a routine. I just need to get into the routine. It's a very painful adjustment, though, because my body still wanted to be awake at, like, 1 or 2 in the morning. And then the alarm going off at 5.30 is a, <laughs> a rude awakening, you know. So I used, you know, a can of Coke, can of Pepsi, you know, in the morning to start my day with a Pepsi breakfast, of a not-so-champion pe- Pepsi breakfast. So... What happened is one can of Pepsi became, would lead to another and another and another and another. And I think by the end of, I mean, by the time I weaned myself, well, I'm now kind of going through the, the, you know, withdrawals and all that so far, but I was up to like five, six cans. I can tell you this now that it's in the past tense, not, 
I mean, let's just kind of ignore the fact that that was just four days ago. But yeah, I kind of caught myself. I, I, I before I undid all the work I've done to try to get in shape. But you know, when I thought about it, geez, I'm kind of a small person. I'm five four, and um, my daily calorie intake is not does not really allow for six cans of Pepsi at 150 calories of pop. So. I, uh, I'm kind of getting that back under control. I bought a road bike. For those of you who have read the blog, uh, I finally, after dragging my feet for about a year, finally b- bought a bike that I can use to do triathlons. I'm hoping to do one in September here in West Michigan. Um, that's the one I'm really trying to be in really good shape for. And then there's one in July that's coming up. Um, so I'm going to probably try that as my first one, see how it goes, and kind of, you know, if I find some other races along the way, I'll enter them. I'm going to keep doing some road races around here, just running. And I might do a marathon in October. I'm kind of on the fence about that. Kind of see how I feel. I've been training with a friend who runs a little bit slower than me. So that's been a really good thing because when I run by myself, I just tend to be a little bit crazy. I go out there and I run too fast. And for training, I mean, there's no reason to run fast. I mean, super fast, it's not really, you know, it's just not advisable to do that all the time. But that's just what I do because I'm, I don't know, I can't even explain it. But So anyway, I'm trying to take it easy. Yeah, but I, I just tend to be a little aggressive when it comes to this stuff. Um, I submitted a, my little graffiti art project to the yarn, the folks putting together the yarn bombing book. You know, I'm really honestly not expecting to get into this book. I've never submitted anything to a book before, so this was kind of a, you know, one of those things where I thought, well... You know, I'm not working on a book project right now, at least not officially, so why not? Why not be a part of, try to be a part of somebody else's? Um, but the main reason why I did it is I wanted to have something that I can, I can wrap around and, you know, do some graffiti art at a moment's notice. So now I have some things ready, so I'm very happy about that. Because I plan to do a whole yarn bombing thing around here in Grand Rapids. Um, and so with my craft club, so I think that'll be fun. Yeah, let's see what else have I been up to. Um... I'm sitting in my office. It's gone from being this beautiful, kind of organized place to a complete disaster. So um, I need to really get a handle on that. I'm gonna. I have a, a table in here that's just this white table that I just brought in because I'm like, oh, I need more space to put things. Well, what happened is I now have stuff piled on top of it. It's a completely stupid idea. So I'm going to, um, as soon as I clear that off, I'm getting rid of the flat surface because I can't handle it. If I see a flat surface, I put a bunch of my stuff on it. So I'm going to kind of, you know, get tough about that because i got to get myself off this Pepsi for for at least, I mean, get get this back down to a manageable uh, thing. i got to clean up my act here, get organized. So I guess I'm getting to that six-month phase. So I have these big goals for the end of the year. You know, I want to have completed some triathlons. I want to be organized around my house. So I guess I'm to that halfway point, and I haven't been real satisfied with the progress, so I'm kind of... <laughs> thinking, geez, it's time to kick it into high gear. So that's what I'm attempting to do. And um, completely, I'm completely, completely addicted to English paper piecing, which is just a ridiculous new craft project that I picked up uh, through one of my craft column interviews. I interviewed this lovely woman named Jerry up in White Cloud, Michigan, and she happened to show me a little sample of what she was doing, and I got completely addicted to it. And like I needed another thing, another craft thing to do. <laughs> but, but you know, look at me. I'm I'm doing that. I'm also working on a project with a friend of mine, a new friend of mine in Australia, and we actually have never met in person. But, I, Bav, if you're out there traveling the world, hello. I hope your travels are going well. 
she's traveling all over the place for like three months. But anyway, I will tell you guys more about my project because Bev and I are going to be doing some artwork every month for the next, well, we're going to try and go a year and maybe longer. We'll see. So yeah, Bev, I know, I know that we weren't really planning to like go public with this right now, but look what I just did. I just told everyone. Yeah, we're going to probably have a web presence hopefully soon. Um, but right now, that's what I'll tell you about that. Yeah, um, I'm still writing my craft column. You know, my editors actually haven't threatened to cancel it recently, which is really nice because their fear is it will take over my life, which it completely does take over my life because I love crafts and it's really fun to talk to people about what they're making. Here in West Michigan, I get to feature one person a week every Sunday. I write a column and uh, post a project online. The website, you know, is something to be desired, uh, the company website, but... I'm kind of working with what I have to work with here and uh, just thrilled to be able to to do this. And it's been really fun to shine the light on local talent. So, oh, one last note. Um, I have, you know, actually, that I think that's it. I think we're all set. I'm going to let you go now. I could talk forever. Okay. All right, folks. We'll see you next week.